Erect. Guys, what's up? Today is Sunday, February 19th, 2017, and this is episode 11 of the Erect 2.0 podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Amanda. And we're going to be filling you guys up with digital love today. So, to kick off this, how's your week been? Anything notable you want to talk about? Uh, nothing too notable that I can think of. I mean, game-wise or what? I don't know. It, it's kind of a vague question. I mean, your question, weekend, but... like, or your week. What have you done this week I besides worked. video games? That's it. Good talk. Work. All right, so we're going to go ahead and kick this off. <laughs> Currently playing. All right, guys, this is what we have been playing this week. First up on our list, we have Mass Effect. Now, we are on the verge of Andromeda releasing. And I played the shit out of Mass Effect. I've beaten it a few times before. I'd probably say I've beaten the game twice. And this marked my third time completing the game. This is first time on PC, sadly. But I was about 10 hours into it with my stream from September. And then I kind of, you know, started playing some other games. I picked this up again. Beat it. I didn't do all the side content, but I completed it in just over 15 hours. I haven't been trying to rush too fast, but I wanted to beat it, get to two, then go from two to three. Now from what they have stated, none of this data tran translates or transfers over to Andromeda, but I've been wanting to play that and get hype, get into the spirit of Mass Effect by going ahead and playing through this. And honestly, Mass Effect is... Probably my favorite one in the trilogy. I went ahead and completed it, dealt with Saren, dealt with the Geth, found out that the Reapers are coming, and it led on to 2. A lot of people consider 2 their favorite, and I personally feel like 2 had the best storyline, but 1, I don't know what it was about it. I, I think it's just Bioware, Bioware in general. They've always done an excellent job bringing their party members together expanding the dialogue, fleshing out their backstories. I was going to say Rex is the difference. Rex? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? I, you couldn't get him in a party on two, could you? No. no. Oh, I could hear myself a little bit. No, you, you couldn't get him in a party on two, but you still get a Krogan. Yeah, no, I was just joking around saying that that oh. was the only difference. Oh, yeah, that's the only difference, yeah. Um, in... From 2 to 3, you saw where they dropped the inventory management. And some people kind of saw that as a, a layer of fluff. They didn't really think that... They didn't really think that it was necessary that you should have to keep managing your armor, your guns, your upgrades to your guns. And they cut a lot of that out of it whenever they went to 2. Whenever you play Mass Effect 2, jumping in, you don't, you don't pick up different pieces of armor. You're not looting that way. It seems like you're just getting raw materials and credits. Credits in order to upgrade that stuff. So, I don't know. I take it for what it is. But Mass Effect 1 just... I played it when it first came out. I actually played it on Xbox 360. And that still stands as one of my favorites. One of my favorite games on the Xbox 360. Even though it wasn't an exclusive. But, yeah. I had to play through it again, so we're moving on to Mass Effect 2, but played it, beat it, loved it, of course. It's awesome. I just started it back over again, because 
I've played through one and two. Mm. I think I played through both of those on Xbox. And I decided since I had never played through three that I would pick up three. Mm-hmm. But then I realized like certain things won't happen if you don't carry over your save file. So I decided to go back and start over with Mass Effect 1 and going from 3 back to 1, I I just, I don't know, it felt not really like archaic, but it <laughs> everything yeah. is so different now. Yeah. Um, a lot of people would suggest against going from 3 back to 1 just because of all the changes and everything set in place. And I kind of wish you would have played through the first one, second one, and then moved on to the third one. I know you've played through the first and second one before, but I wanted you to transfer your memory over just so you could get all that you could out of it. It was it was the same reason why I played through Dragon Age 1, 2, and Inquisition. But... I just... Because I know me, and I know how I, I do every quest before mm-hmm. I finish the game that I didn't want to risk, like, because I still play, like, Overwatch and everything else. I didn't want to risk, you know, starting this game and then not being able to finish it before Andromeda came out. And since I'd already played the other two, I wanted to go ahead and play three. So that's why I didn't play through the whole series. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I... Shit, what was I going to say? I got off track just now. Um... Yeah, if you play through all the side content and everything, I think that it would take you around 30 to 35 hours to beat the first Mass Effect. And there's a lot of side side stuff to do, but I just wanted to go ahead and play through it, transfer my memory over. And again, even if you jump right into 2 and then you play 3 and you don't transfer your memory, you can still totally play through the whole game and still experience a lot of stuff it's just you don't pick up on some of these like little nuances and things that they throw at you these little references and even you know like i showed you some goodbyes that you may be able to say to some of your party members that you had encountered but yep mass effect one speaking of that what you've been playing you just kind of talked about it yeah i've been playing mass effect three i think i put 30 to 40 hours into it mm-hmm. um, to beat it and that's with all quests and um, minus the combat readiness. I did not play the multiplayer or co-op part of the game to up my combat readiness because I was just I got to a point where I, I wanted to play it and try it out but I got to a point where it's like I had no quests left I had <clears> nothing <throat> else to explore and I was just like, I just want to see what the end is. So I went ahead and finished it. I loved, I loved the storyline. Um, I loved the characters in it. The ending, though, I don't think it was as bad as because I didn't. I never really looked up what the ending was. I didn't know how it ended, but all I heard was it's a horrible ending. It's a horrible ending. This game, you know, it's a great game, but the ending sucks. I didn't think the ending was absolutely horrible. Um, I think, I don't know what I really expected, but I know that the last mission leading up to the ending where you have to go through and you get to talk to each of your crew members and, you know, pretty much prepare for your, you know, the final battle of the game that tug at my little heartstrings. Mm -hmm. That was, I don't know. 
I, it was just, I hate, like, you feel like you're actually, you're saying goodbye to these people because you don't know what's going to happen. So it, it, it was a, it was an emotional moment, but I mean, I enjoyed the game. I didn't think it was too bad. Now, I wanted to go ahead and let you know that you're playing through the game now, and I know you don't really think that the ending is quite as horrible, uh, but back when I had the ending spoiled for me when the game first came out in 2012, they people were so dissatisfied with that that Bioware actually had to go back and patch the ending and add things like the the uh, Citadel conversation or little piece that you see afterwards. They had to patch and re they reworked so many things just to give people more, I guess, closure for the ending. So you are experiencing a revised ending from the original back oh, okay. in 2012. I was going to say, so. I didn't think it was too, too bad. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, I had the ending spoiled for me. I wasn't even, I wasn't feeling Mass Effect 3 when I first played it just because I, honestly, I... I think that the person that was in charge of character designs was high or something at the time. I mean, you get Garrus again, but having Edie as a party member, having fucking what was his well, name? that was that was also like Edie as a party member. That did make sense because they were talking because she was get or uh, Reaper. She had Reaper um, programming, and right. they explained a lot of it. And in like the last part where you're going to the Cerberus base to find the elusive man, mm -hmm. you you find video logs that explain why Edie was created and everything like that and her, you know, I don't know, like, and she ended up being, like, a valuable party member in the end, like, she, because she was created by Cerberus, she could help you get to the certain places in their, in their base where you had to go to find the elusive man. And I get that. I, I get it, but... I don't know. And then they had Freddie Prince Jr. as that big Jersey Shore douchebag guy. And I just, I thought it was completely stupid. But playing through Mass Effect 2, I'm of course going to have to move on to Mass Effect 3 so I can beat it. Um, what'd you think of the side story, the side quest? Were the side quests pretty good in that game? Um, They felt, they felt like they didn't have meaning because... Mm. With these, mostly what the side quests were for is it would give you, like, that's how you unlock new fleets and new people and, you know, like, ships and stuff to become right. part of your army. But, like, the and you pick it up, pick them up by, like, overhearing people talking. And that's how you're, you gain the quest. But it's just like, okay, you hear them talking, you get a new log in your journal. I can, and, uh. And then it's like, oh, well, you just got to, you know, run or zip around the galaxy. And it's there, some of them don't have like a direct destination. And so it's like you're zipping around the galaxy trying to find where you're supposed to go. And then you you have to use the scan tool. And you can only scan so many times in an area before you alert the Reapers and they chase you down. So I don't know. I That part of the game was kind of... Mm, to because in order to get the reaper awareness down you had to complete a mission well say you're at the end of the game before your last mission and you want to finish finding everything if you alert the reapers there's no way to go back to that area without you know because after so much time in that area where the reapers are already alert and they're chasing you they start gaining speed 
and they get faster okay. and faster, and it's harder to evade them. And if I guess if you get caught, you die. But um, this like the side quest is just like you know go scan, f- hope you find the right planet and where it is or what system it's in, and you know hope you scan in the right area before you alert the reapers so that you can send a probe to go pick up whatever it is, and then that's the end of, you know, you get that, and then you go find them wherever they are in the Citadel and give them that, and then, then you get your resources. So it just felt, I don't know, they didn't, it didn't feel like it had a lot of story or meaning to the side quests. Except for the ones where it wasn't, like, direct storyline. It was, like, for, you know, characters where it's like, oh, go help our people evacuate, or, you know, we have someone on this, in this lab here, go, you know, whatever. But where it's actually, like, cinematically involved. Mm-hmm. But the side quest where it was just like, oh, go find this resource and bring it back type thing, that those didn't feel very, I don't know, meaningful, even though you gained your resources that way, but... So I think what you're referring to are the loyalty missions. And whenever you do those loyalty missions, it improves your affinity towards a certain party member. And I think those are supposed to be tailored to be a little bit more meaningful, fleshes them out a little bit more and stuff. That's cool. So it sounds like you're just about uh, ready for Andromeda. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Oops. Next up on our list, we have Rise and Shine. The developers were kind enough to give us a key to try this game out, and I'll also have a review at the end of this podcast. But one thing that I can say about this game is it's pretty. It is pretty fucking gorgeous. The art, it's all hand-drawn, looks amazing. The effects, everything, fantastic. So I'll expand on that in my review later. Next up, we also got a key for Heroes of Arca. Now, I believe this game is about five or six dollars on Steam, and the developers wanted an honest opinion of the game, and my honest opinion is, I think it's fun. It's a fun game that was built on Unity, and what it is is a turn-based, it's a turn-based game where you Imagine like a rock, paper, scissors type scenario. So you can either summon one of three different creatures. You have a defensive creature, a arcane creature, and kind of a stealthy roguelike creature that you can summon. And they all have different attacks. The one in front, the big, large creature, of course, he's your tank and he absorbs a lot of the damage. The stealthy rogue attacks whatever enemy they have with the lowest HP pool to just kind of sap them. And the Arcane also has powerful magic. This game is, it's pretty well thought out. My biggest problem with this game is the amount of RNG. So whenever you're rolling to summons a monster, you have three different slots. And if you roll three, if you, okay, so just imagine like you're playing a slot machine. You get three of the Guardian, the tank class. It summons, it will summons a buffed level three Guardian, and then you can go again. Anytime you roll an ability, you choose to select either a defensive buff skill or an attack skill. If you roll three in anything, you get to go again, which sounds awesome and it's great. But whenever the enemy, whenever the enemy uses it, it spams it and it can just sap the shit out of you. Um, I think the mechanics work really great. There's quite a bit of strategy involved, but 
the strategy also plays very, very heavily on the RNG that you have. Another big complaint that I have about the game is, so if you're fighting a creature, okay, so you can't freely walk on the map. You have a static map, and there are enemies sprinkled throughout. And in order to get from point A to point B, you have to fight X number of enemies. So whenever you go to fight an enemy, if for some reason you die, or if you have to run away, a cool kind of mechanic is it spawns a clone of you, and then you have to defeat that clone in order to advance and fight that enemy again. Sounds pretty cool, but if you, if you end up retreating from that fight, or you end up getting killed by your clone, it spawns another clone. So now you now you're walled with clones that you have to work through to defeat in order to defeat the to defeat the regular enemies that i don't know i was just kind of iffy about that um and also the starting area they'll sprinkle a few enemies that are like five or six levels ahead of you and since there aren't any random battles you're actually encouraged to run from battles so you can farm your clones or that's kind of what i got from it that part, I don't know, I was just, it was kind of iffy to me. Besides that, the art style and direction, it kind of has the look of a mobile game, but it works really well. I like the way that the, the overall world looks, the character detail and everything looks pretty nice. Some of the enemies that you fight are pretty cool. So, I'm going to put some more time into the game. I do enjoy it, but I do have a few nitpicks. So, I think it's pretty good. Next up on our list, we have Mobius Final Fantasy. Speaking of mobile games, this is a mobile game. This is a mobile game that was brought over to Steam. It has 4K support. It does look beautiful on the computer monitor. And did I mention that it's a mobile game? I think I did. I've put, I think I've put about six hours into the game. I haven't spent any real money. Uh, hmm. This is a battle game. You'll go consecutively from one battle to the next. It relies really heavily on your card loadout. You get cards from enemies as they fall. You also have a class that you can pick. And all of this plays into what enemies that you want to fight. So far I've beat chapter 1 and I'm on chapter 2. One of the things that I did notice is that you have a running stamina count. So for each battle that you fight, it ticks out. It, it takes away some of your stamina. And if you're low to zero on stamina, like right before we did the podcast, I couldn't fight anything. So you're kind of on a time gate for whenever your stamina replenishes. And I don't know. You can spend real money on... Shit. I forgot what it is. Like Materia Crystals. And that's used to buy certain packs or cards, and you can also get summons tickets. Now, I've seen a lot of people go really hardcore into this game. They farm the shit out of some of the weekly events and stuff, and I kind of want to make my way to that. But I just want to see how far I can get to the game without spending any real money, because uh, I'm not all about throwing money at Square, just because uh, they have enough money, and... At the end of the day, this game was free. I kind of would have been okay. I would have been okay if they charged a base price for this game on Steam and just left out the whole microtransaction process because I think the biggest pack that you can get for those Materia shards or whatever is like 75 bucks. No, not, I'm not all about that. 
Overall, I think the graphics are good, and when you're auto-battling and farming, the AI is really competent, so you don't have anything to worry about. The, the computer controlling your character is top-notch. He's actually better than I am. So, it's a pretty decent game. I don't, you know, I, I, I've played, I played worse, especially as far as mobile games go. Is there anything else you wanted to add to this, Amanda? Mm, nope. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Upcoming games. All right, guys, these are your upcoming games for the week of February 20th. On the 21st, we have Berserk and the Band of the Hawk. For those of you that aren't familiar with Dynasty Warriors games, which should be none of you, because for love of God, we have more Dynasty Warriors games than I can count, or more Musile games or whatever. Anyways, on the 21st, this comes out to PC and PS4. So if you're a fan of Berserk and a fan of the hack and slash porn known as Dynasty Warriors... This might be up your alley. Uh, last, I think the last game, the last game that I played from them that they based off of an anime was Fist of the North Star, and I, I liked it. A lot of people didn't, but I liked it. But then again, I wasn't burnt out on Dynasty Warriors games, and holy shit, I am now. I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard for me. Next up on our list, we have Night in the Woods. <clears throat> I can see why you added this, Amanda. Is there uh, something that you want to talk about to expand on this? I don't know too, too much on it. I know it's very story-rich, and I love games that have like a interactive-type story, not like just RPGs or anything like that. But it's an adventure with story mode. Um, Let's see, there's a female protagonist. Uh-huh, that's uh -huh. why I wanted to mention it. <clears throat> and uh, it just, it says that, you know, there's a bunch of characters you run into to meet, and I just, I like the art style. I think it's it's different, and yeah, I and all the animals. <laughs> this looks like a point-and-click point game. I oh, guess yeah. we'll have to uh, see some more on that. But uh, it looks really good. I think the art style looks pretty pretty sweet. It's very minimalist indie, so that's kind of cool. Next, next up on our list, we have Halo Wars 2. Holy shit, it's, it's here. It's here, guys. On the 21st, Halo Wars 2 releases on PC and X-Bone. So get ready, guys. If you're a fan of the original Halo Wars, you kind of know what to expect. This is a RTS game that takes place. Oh, my God, this is... Someone put a W on this. Manders. You threw me off there. Oh Anyways... My? You put hey Lao or hey Lo, H A L O W, and it, it was oh. it was throwing me off just now. Anyways, um, this is an RTS game in the Halo universe. That's pretty much it. You know, you're going to be fighting, you're going to be fighting the Covenant, or I think you can also fight as the Covenant. I'm not really sure on the specific specifics of the story on this, but I don't know. I might have to wait for a prize drop on that. Keyshawn, I hope you're listening because East Origin comes out to PlayStation 4 and PS Vita on the 21st. Uh, we need a new, another re-release of this game. I don't know. It's been out on Steam forever. I hope they add something with this. I didn't look this up or anything like that, but, eh, I mean, it's a re-release. 
what can you really say about that? Last on our list, I'm actually pretty excited that you included that. This is... Yeah, I like it. Hollow Knight, Beneath and Beyond. So in Hollow Knight, this looks like a Metrovania platformer, kind of. I absolutely love the art in this game. Just the way it looks and the colors and everything, I absolutely love that. Oh, yeah. Whoops, didn't mean to click on that. But yeah, um, this game's releasing on Steam on the 24th. It was actually hard for me to find a lot of information on this. I know you linked an IGN video, but looking at the Steam store page and everything, it, it looks pretty sweet. I'm ready for it. Got anything else to add, Manders? Nope. Video game news. Alright guys, this is where you're going to get your uh, video game news. Alright, so first up on our list, we have news that Payday 3. Payday 3 has entered production. Anderson Clint, who is the CEO, stated that Payday 3 has entered production and they are going to be focusing all of their efforts on Payday 3. They said that they were going to support Payday 2 up to 2017, and that's what they did. They gave you a shitload of DLC, lots of microtransactions, and they are now focusing all their efforts on Payday 3. That's great. They're not sticking to a time crunch. They said that they are that it will come when it's finished. CD Projekt Red, right? That's, that's their motto. Um, I had a question, though. I see that they did announce this, right? But I have yet to see any piece of gameplay footage, any discussion, or even word from them on the Walking Dead game that they announced a few years ago. Nothing. It's still slated to come out this year. So what I think that they're going to do is they're going to focus all of their attention on Payday 3, and the Walking Dead game's just going to get kind of swept under the rug. I mean... If you if you Google the Walking Dead game Overkill or Starbreeze, they still have the website for it, and like I said, it's still listed to come out in 2017, but I highly, highly, highly doubt it. If anything else, I think they may even outsource the development to someone else because I haven't heard shit. Nothing. Nothing about this. So, I don't know. Give us some information, guys. What you got for me, Manders? Next up is Mass Effect Andromeda combat video goes deep into the details. Uh, the, or the game is about a month away, and people, I guess, have been complaining that there hasn't been enough information released about like in-depth um, combat and the mechanics of the game. But they recently released a more informative video that shows um, the, com- the combat side of the game. Um, and it says that not a lot has changed from 3 to Andromeda, but it's enough to make improvements. They say that the combat seems a lot faster, that it seems smoother. You have jump jets now that can get you in and out of combat quicker and easy, more easily. Um, there's more cover options as well. Like almost, I think they said almost every surface within the game can be used as cover. Um, what else? Uh, there's a more extensive selection of uh, weaponry than in the other ones, and they are not limited to the classes. Same with the abilities. They're not limited to each class. You can unlock and put points into each ability. 
no matter what class you are. But the video is, I guess it's more in depth and shows you a lot more of the combat system than what they have previously released. Next up, new Dawn of War 3 trailer, Race for the Glowy Stick. Uh, yeah, I guess the newest series in the Warhammer 40k RTS series is going to be Dawn of War 3. Uh, I guess new trailers have been released, and they have new engine graphics. Uh, they have three specific classes that they show. I think it's the Space Marines, Eldar, and the Orcs, and it what it seems like is they're fighting over some sort of magic stick. I don't know. I haven't looked too far into it. Uh, they say that the battles for this game look large. Uh, each uh, unit seems to have their own unique abilities, I guess, for the battles. Um, people have been questioning how, I guess, the games before this, there were like nine or more factions, how they're only bringing three factions into this game now. Uh, but they say that Relic, the ones that I guess are making the game, they they understand and know real-time strategy. They have that down and they've got Warhammer 40 K down. And so they're hoping that this game, you know, they got this game right too. Uh, well, the article I read said glowy stick, so I don't think it's the stick of truth.
Now, are they going to be released separately? Like, you have to buy each individual? It's not going to be, like, DLC or anything like that? I haven't Red Dead Redemption 2 release date rumored in deep uh, retail listings. Uh, Rockstar has not released an official date that this game will be released. Uh, there's no real info on the game itself really at all. Uh, but there's a store in the UK that had a pre-order delivery date set for October 2nd, 2017 that a uh, Red Dead Redemption fan site found. Uh, I guess the store caught on that these, the fan site or, you know, that it got re released by others, you know, what their site said. And mm. they quickly changed the date to the end of the year being December 29, 2017. So we don't know if they just changed it to the end of the year so that, you know... It could be at any point or if it actually is going to be in October. So I guess we'll find out more hopefully soon. Am my mic muted? I'm sorry. So, anyways, like like I was saying, um, I feel like they should release Red Dead Redemption Two at the end of November. They should put it out at the end of November because Jeff. That's all I had for the Red Dead Redemption. Okay. What is the next one? Okay. Uh, next up I have is that 
Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy release date is set for June 30th. There's That's been said. It's a firm release date now for the PlayStation 4. Uh, the trilogy was released in, at uh, E3 in 2016. And it came as a big surprise. I guess nobody was expecting this to happen. But they have announced that it is set in stone. It will be out June 30th. Also, Samurai Warrior Spirit of Sonata is coming out for PS4 and PC on May 23rd in North America, and it will be released May 26th in Europe. Uh, Pre-orders for this game are going to include costume packs, I guess, for different characters. Um, And uh, the bonuses are available if you pre-order through Amazon, Best Buy, EB Games, and GameStop. Uh, the For Europe, there aren't any specific, I guess, retailers for the game yet, but that is the update for the Samurai Warriors game. Uh, okay, one second. All right, sorry about that, guys. Uh, let's see. Yes. All right. Whoops. Nope. All right, next up on our list, we have Apocalypse Now. So, the developers for the Apocalypse Now game has canceled their Kickstarter which was asking for 5.9... Oh, no, I'm sorry. So before on their Kickstarter, they were targeting 900k. They failed to meet that goal, and they only had 172,000. So the developers have removed the game from Kickstarter and put it on their own website and increased the window to 400 days. But they are now asking for close to $6 million. Yeah, this is a pretty bold move but I don't think that they're going to be able to... I don't think they're going to be able to accomplish this. There's no way. If this was a Zelda game or something that was going to Kickstarter with maybe a bigger name, I think that they would be able to accomplish that, but I wouldn't hold out on it, guys. I think that they're setting their sights way too high, especially if they didn't meet their initial Kickstarter goal. No. There's no way they're going to meet this. They're not going to meet this in just over a year, but... I don't know. We'll see. Next up on our list, we have Bethesda. Bethesda pokes fun at Microsoft. They have also announced their E3 showcase. So last year, Bethesda took the stage on Sunday before E3 E3 was officially starting just to get a jump on everyone. Well, they must have uh, started a trend because now Microsoft is starting on Sunday and EA is going to start on Saturday. So they're going to keep getting early and earlier. I think they're just going to they're going to keep going earlier and earlier until E3 is officially going to be in March. So I don't know. But yeah. 
Next up, we have... We were just talking about Samurai games. Samurai Warriors Spirit of Sonata for PS4. I got that one. Oh, did you? Yeah, because you told me to pick one more. Oh, thanks. Anyways, yes, that's launching May 23rd in North America and May 26th in Europe. So if you guys haven't got your Samurai Warriors fix, do so now. And that's all we have for uh, for game news. You ready for discussion? Yes. All right. Discussion. All right, guys, this is your discussion for the week. Um, it's a, we have one month till Mass Effect Andromeda releases. So I wanted to talk about this a little bit, okay? So Mass Effect Andromeda arrives in just over a month. With the time we put into the series... Let's, uh, let's just put together a wish list of things that we want to get out of this game and some key topics to talk about. So, let me go ahead and click on that. Boom, look at that beautiful Andromeda picture. So, first I wanted to ask you, what kind of game length are you looking for for Mass Effect Andromeda? Me? I am hoping, personally, for... Because... With all the missions and side quests and everything in three, I spent about 30 to 40 hours, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping for at least 50 with 50? everything. I want 50 or more because I think if it's, like they say, they want their side quests to be more meaningful and more story rich. Yep. Um, if that's true and, you know, the game has a really good story and you really can get into it. I'm hoping I can put a shit ton of hours into it because if I really enjoy a game like that, I don't want it to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. And I think that's totally possible because, <laughs> I mean, I stayed in one area and I farmed the shit out of it, but take take Dragon Age Inquisition, for example. That's also a Bioware developed game. I spent 30 hours in the initial starting area I think that they're, I mean, Dragon Age isn't the same as Mass Effect. Of course, you're going to, I think you're going to have a lot more expo exploration to do in this game. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking, I think that you might be able to hit 70 hours. You know, w with the games in the series, people, people want more. We want more, we want more Bioware. So, I think they're going to be able to satisfy your needs. Um... Have they okay? So with the announced party members, have they checked off all that you wanted in a well-rounded party? Like, are you satisfied with the party members that they announced? I honestly have not looked into that because. Oh, Amanda. No, no, on purpose, because I don't want to know before I play. You may send you a link. No, I don't want to know before I play. I want. Okay. I want it to come as whatever it is. I don't. I. I don't want to spoil anything for this game for myself. Oh, I'm going to spoil the shit out of it for you because you spoiled Morden. You spoiled Morden for me. Oh, baloney. Um. Yeah. So there is a. Uh, it, I'll at least talk about the cat. Do you want? You want to know about the cat? I guess I have to. Yeah. I gotta remember his name. Yeah, because I really want you to romance this guy. Yes. Yep. His name is. Is it Jaw? No. Damn it. Anyways, he's a cat like alien character, and I really think you should uh, 
you should romance him. You romanced Garrus. So you better no, romance him. No, I didn't. Guy. Pretty I sure you did. I never romanced Garrus. Never. I think it's a lie. Yeah, you see this guy over here on my screen? That's who you need to romance. Nope. Okay. Anyways, I so I heard that they are going to have a they're going to have a Krogan. You are going to have a female Turian, which is pretty cool. And a couple of humans. I think I think a couple of humans. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be pretty good. Let's see what else we got. Oh, how does the class system revision strike you? What'd you think of that? Um, like in Mass Effect 3, you could go to the medical center if you found and unlock certain things and unlock other abilities that didn't come with your class and use them. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was cool. I think if they stuck to that, that would be cool because I don't see, like, what's the point of having specific classes if you can do anything with any class anyway? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a bad move, but I think it would be more interesting if it was more class-specific. Well, it looks like they have a big skill tree for you, and the more skills that you unlock, it looks like they have the character classes separated into profiles. So once you unlock a certain amount of skills in the skill tree for one profile, it'll unlock the engineer class, I think. Which, I don't know, I, I think they're making it to where you can swap your build on the fly if you're kind of bored playing as one certain class. So with that, what I think they need to do is have kind of a soft cap like they did with Dragon Age Inquisition. So with Dragon Age Inquisition, you weren't, like, you didn't stop leveling up at, like, 40 or 50. You just kept going. So if they have it to where you can keep learning skills and everything, you can basically make your character any way you want. So, I don't know. I... I'll see how it plays out. I'm sure Bioware knows their shit. They're not wanting to mess this game up. I think they're going to make it pretty playable. Also, how excited are you for multiplayer? Um, I, I would be interested in playing it. I didn't play it on 3, like I said. But I think that, you know, if we get in it together and it's going to be more... Because it's going to be n newly released, so more people will be playing it. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think it'll be fun. Uh, I'm excited to try it. Yeah, so Bioware with their multiplayer, they've had Mass Effect 3, Dragon Age Inquisition, and now Mass Effect Andromeda with multiplayer. They're not going to fuck this up. But it's not going to be PvP. It's got to be... Um, I think it's going to be co-op. The others were co-op. And this is going to be co-op. And I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with it. So I think it's going to be good. Also, there's a fucking jump button. Holy shit. I, I think you had mentioned that with the jet. The, the yeah, jump jet. jump jets. So speaking of that, there's a greater sense of maneuverability that I saw established already. So you have kind of like dashes and evasive escapes and stuff. It looks like they're... I don't know. They're changing Mass Effect up yet again. Uh... I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't want this to completely informally evolve into like a bro shooter, but I'm still pretty excited about it. It's less than a month away, Manders. Yes. <laughs> All 
All right, if there's nothing else, we'll go ahead and get to our review. All right, guys, so I'm going to move on to my review. Like I said, I was going to go ahead and review Rise and Shine. So Rise and Shine, it is an action indie title. It was developed by Super Mega Team, which thanks again for the key, guys. And it was published by Adult Swim Games. Its official release came out in January 13th. And like I said, this is a game that... Uh, it's a shooter platformer game with puzzle elements. And when I say shooter, it's... I, I kid you not. It is an extremely, extremely fucking difficult game. It is so easy to die in this game, it's not even funny. It is not for the faint of heart. So... That being said, I'll go ahead and break everything down. Alright, so this is our Rise and Shine game review. Pros, art style and graphics. Quality, top notch, excellent spirit. The characters are fully brought out in live, or brought to life, I fucked that up, in vivid color. Humor, the humor is there and it is real, okay? And it also references, uh, so the place that you're playing on is Game Earth. And this is filled to the brim with references and humor from other video games, guaranteed to keep you smiling throughout. I promise. You're going to see references to Mario, Zelda, Castlevania, Half-Life. It's all there. All there. Uh, even Gears of War. It's great. Puzzles. A surprising addition to this platform shooter, puzzles often come in a variety of flavors and objective goals. So, you might find yourself needing to open up this door, which you'll have to explode a certain rock face off of a mountain in order to do it but it's not clear how to do that or you might have to guide your bullets through this static or stasis wave in order to get to a lever or button it's crazy it's really crazy because some of these puzzles are some of them teeter annoying but still pretty cool overall sound Everything from the squishing of enemy heads to the pinging of your bullets off metal surfaces, sound absolutely shines. Every time I fired off my gun, I could just hear it well. I thought it was, I thought the sound and everything put into this was great. The smashing of the robots down on the ground as they were chasing after you, even the grunts of the, the soldiers that were chasing you were funny. So, cons. Here's the downsides. Length. The game can be finished in just over two hours. I kid you not. Two hours. It's a very short game. Difficulty. So, this was probably my biggest issue with the game. Some areas of the game are just relentless with the difficulty, teetering on the unfair side, and the frustration factor is soaring to ridiculous heights. It's not just me. If you go and check the Steam Store page, lots and lots and lots and lots of people have commented on just how unbalanced some of these areas are it's just it, with with the way that you can control with your thumbstick kudos to you if you can take out all these enemies with a controller i'm just i'm just saying it's it's pretty ridiculous uh if they're not throwing waves of enemies at you they're throwing just some bullshit thing at the end of a large of a long fight that you've had and it kills you and then you have to start the fight all over again the difficulty is probably the, my least favorite thing about this game. Or maybe they could just tune some of these areas up. Especially that last gauntlet at the end. Holy shit. And also controls. So while they are smooth for the most part, the aiming is just... It's not good with the controller. Because you aim with the right thumbstick. 
I, I picked up over time that you can't aim straight up. So you have to hit some enemies at an angle. But on some of the more difficult the more difficult areas that I faced where you had to do like a puzzle and enemy fights at once, I found that the mouse was perfect. The mouse was perfect for aiming and I just pew, 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 took everything out. So that was just that's probably one of my smaller nitpicks about the game. But worst part about it was the difficulty. The art style and everything, amazing in this. So overall, I'm going to give it an 8.2 out of 10. I did enjoy it. It is a fairly short game, but I think it's one that's worth experiencing. Uh, I think you should be proud of me because I didn't break a controller over this. So there is that. But yes. And uh, that's all I got from my review. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Amanda? Nope, not that I can think of. All right. So with that, we'll... I'm going to try to be back on Wednesday. I'm thinking of doing like a small mix bag or something. Chris was wanting to talk about something, which we'll, uh, we'll expand on that later. But if there's nothing else, I'll go ahead and sign off, and we'll see you guys next Sunday. So until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Amanda. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.